0: Welcome to the show, Paul George in studio with the world-famous, now Deacon Adam Conk. Here we are, right here, right now.
1: I had no idea you were world-famous.
0: Me neither. And speaking of, in the corner, today, <laughs> producer Chad. The producer yeah, I, corner, yes. So, producer Chad actually made his debut when you and I, Adam, were doing the morning show. Gosh, morning. it
2: seems like a lifetime ago, huh? Didn't we? And we brought producer yeah. Chad on? yep. yep. Yeah. Producer Chad produced... Two or three shows, I don't know something. I think just one. Okay, but he was so good at it. We're like, we gotta have this guy all the time. Basically,
0: he had nothing else to do. (laughs) Like, and so he's just he's been like that puppy that just stays around, and we just keep feeding him.
2: (laughs) Actually, we don't even feed him. (laughs) But
0: but here's the deal. Like, here's what's funny. I've never been fed. Here's what's funny is that we gave him the title producer, Chad. He doesn't actually produce the show.
2: He checks the signal strength. He's like a co-producer.
0: Read some comments here and yeah, there. Yeah. We we can actually change the title to more something that's in line with what, maybe content Chad, Content director. Okay. Content director.
2: Associate content director.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: Associate content director. Co-content director?
2: No. Yeah. Content.
0: CCD? Co-collaborator of the content.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like the longer title, to be honest. It makes it sound more important. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll take it. So, which he's supposed to bring in content, which he doesn't anyway. And and then he gets in here and (laughs) then we start talking about content. (laughs) So anyway, welcome to the show. Glad you're a part of it on the podcast, on radio. We're having a good time here in the studio. But we got a lot of really cool things to talk about today. Um, And as always, you know, uh, we start the show at some point with a have you seen.
2: What did you say? That is so
0: interesting. Oh, for real though. All right, Chad. What all you right, got yeah. this so we week. We briefly mentioned this
1: before recording, but Paul hasn't heard, so that, that's all that matters is that there's a giant Saharan dust cloud. Hmm. It's from the Sahara, which, if you're not that's aware, Paul, Africa. that's in Africa.
0: Yeah. Sahara Desert. I, yeah, yeah I know the, the whole
1: that. Thing, like the dust cloud's so big that
2: we see today. I've seen it here in Louisiana. Really?
1: Yeah. Like you walk outside, and there's a big haze from the dust cloud. You can see it from space. Mm. It's, it's 3,500 miles long. Which, for reference, that's from Miami, Florida to Seattle, Washington, is thirty-three hundred miles. Dang. So it's just this
0: like wind got this dust cloud going, so huge, yep. and it and it just lifted up into the sky, and then it's traveling. Yes,
2: it's basically like a floating continent. Just, yeah, it's just huge.
1: It's huge, and they're calling it Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a real name for it, but <laughs> they've
0: been calling it Godzilla. That
2: would be a good like hurricane name or something. We've got down to the G's. Oh man, how cool would that be? Hurricane it Godzilla. Gets the G's.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is so in line with, like, where everything's going Dude, in our wild. world. Dude, we like, have locusts. Locusts, pandemics. Now we have dust Dude, clouds. What like, if the we, dust, dust cloud to an end?
2: hampers cor- <laughs> Corona. Go to confession, guys. Like, what if the dust cloud... Like, what if it kind of kills it? I don't know. It's up in the know. air, right? So what if the sand just mm-hmm. weighs it down for, like, a week? Yeah. Pretty they, neat.
0: They said the summer yeah. would well, kill... you definitely have to wear your mask outside. They said the, su- the, the um, you know, the summer... The heat would kill the, the corona, but the rona's coming back. now, nah, dude. It's feeling tough. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but anyway, this does go. Okay, so how fast does it travel? Do you know? Oof. So I it's don't know. the size, it was the, of basically, of a continent. Right.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean, definitely as big as a continent. It was in the Caribbean just a few days ago. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of rolling. Yeah, it's like a whole layer of air.
0: Is it just air that's dusty? It doesn't do any damage or anything. It's just I don't kind know. of a see your lungs haze.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> and yeah, it makes it hazy outside.
0: Well, it's not toxic. Uh, no, I if mean, you have
1: some, if you have some respiratory illness or whatever, it's probably best for you stay inside. If you okay. bad allergies. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah. just quarantine for the quarantine, and for the dust cloud.
1: Yeah, they had one 50 years ago, apparently, but it wasn't as bad as this is. Really? really? Why is, didn't
0: they name it like awesome. something yeah. more creative I than mean Godzilla? The crazy like crazy things going on this year. <laughs> like Dusty. <laughs> like Dusty. <laughs> Godzilla's pretty good. I don't know.
1: Dusty. Dustin.
0: Dustin. Dustin.
1: dustin the, <laughs> the dust cloud. Sahara cloud.
2: Dustin. Mm. It's something. That's crazy. Yeah. And I didn't see that coming. I just got to be honest with you. No, I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, all the things we want. I mean, UFOs are next. We talked about UFOs yep. a few weeks ago. There's some sightings, or you know what they. Right. Thought were sightings.
0: Now, when I lived in Arizona, it's the first time that I ever lived in the desert, and you, it really is a desert. And they basically just, you know, Phoenix is just basically concrete poured over desert, you know. Mm. And it's not only hot there, but it's even hotter because there's so much concrete, you know. Right. Obviously, very arid. Um, but they would have, you know, these dust storms that would fly through and you couldn't see, you know, at all. And then, What they would call, you know, a sun devil, which was like these little, you know, tornadoes, dust tornadoes that would like fly through the air. Really cool. Kind of scary and weird, particularly if you're not from the desert and you don't grow up seeing those.
1: So you didn't have like a lawn or anything? Like no green grass?
0: No, some people would have, you know, plant some sod, but uh, you'd have to water it twice a day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, so the annual rainfall there is seven inches compared to here, which is like 60 so when it would rain there, annual is seven, seven. Dang. When it would rain there, they would say, you know, um, monsoon is coming. They would use that word. <laughs> they would use the word monsoon. They would use the word monsoon. Oh my god! And I I'm think we thinking got seven
1: inches in the past week.
0: And I'm yeah. thinking, are we gonna die? <laughs> like a monsoon, and like it would, it would sprinkle for like five minutes, and people would be so stressed and be like, "Did you all see that monsoon?" <laughs> Driving really slow. I'm like, like stay off, stay off the road. I'm like you guys have no <laughs> oh my <gosh>. idea. Like <laughs> oh, what man. we would call like a rain shower or even like a thunderstorm, they call a monsoon. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I thought I was like, oh, we're gonna die here in the desert. <laughs> so <laughs> so dramatic. Yeah. So no, I haven't seen the the dust storm, but look for it. Cor- yeah, go, you
1: can go outside today. You'd probably notice it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it does seem hazy, doesn't it? Or am I yeah, making I've, that up? I mean, I noticed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we have an interesting saint coming up this Sunday, you know, um yeah that uh you know we maybe you've heard of him. I mean I know you have, but people who are listening have heard the name, it's a weird name. How would you like to be named Irenaeus?
1: Uh, do they have any nicknames for
2: that? Irenaeus? Ira. Ira. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I mean I don't, think, I don't think saying Aranaeus. Ernie, maybe I don't know. Erie?
0: Erie. Erie. Uh-huh. So Irenaeus is a doctor of the church, like so he's a big deal. Oh, he's a big deal. You know, from, from way back when. Uh,
1: mm, nay-nay. That's a good nickname.
0: Um, <laughs> f- <laughs> I'm sorry. N- not to be mistaken with shanae Anyway, he's a doctor of the church, fought heresy, uh, which is like, have you ever thought in your life, like, I'm going to wake up and fight heresy? We kind of do in a lot of ways. In, in, I know in a
2: lot of Catholics on Facebook that think that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah. true. Um, but I look he,
2: in the mirror and say, today's the day. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm, I'm just going to post random stuff, you know? Um, no offense to you people. I love you.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's I mean, delightful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he fought the Gnostics, which the, the word Gnostic means knowledge. So these sect of people that claim to, you know, have all this knowledge and you know, the answers for life and philosophy. And it was, you know, it was off from, you know, Christology and the teachings of Christ. And um, it would actually leading people away in in a lot of ways. And, you know, what's interesting is, like, a lot of people can can point out something that's drastically not right. Okay? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I don't know, like, you, you could tell right from wrong, particularly if it's, like, really wrong and really right. Mm -hmm. Right. But there's these gray areas that a lot of times, you know, people get teased in and, and kind of, um, you know, can swing another way. You know, this was what Gnosticism was. It was like a, it was like a, a branch away from the teaching and, and people were kind of following because these people were so smart. Right. And Irenaeus could go in and pick, picked us apart with right theology, you know, which what we call orthodoxy, you know, right theology, the ability to, to, to be right on and spot on in the teachings of the church. Um, you know, what it says this is that uh, he gradually ended the influence of the Gnostics. Think about that. The ability to end a movement. By yourself. Right? By yourself, by your teaching, you mm-hmm.
2: know. It is something. That's the power of the gospel. It's the real deal. And who, who's your favorite Gnostic teacher, by the way? <laughs> exactly, we don't know. That, that, thank you, Irenaeus. Like we know
0: who How, he
1: is. What 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 century was Irenaeus in? <laughs> he was like a church father, right? I mean
0: yeah. early. It was early, early,
2: yeah. Like what, third
0: century? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was early on. I mean, you know, big deal early on. Second
2: century. Was he, he wasn't a
0: pope? Second century.
2: No. Not he a was pope. a bishop. Bishop. Of what we call Lyon today in France. But Leon. before it was uh Lions. Before it was that Maybe doing the nay nay is just uh, ter- fighting
1: heresy. <laughs> fighting heresy. I think Do honestly, though, I think this
2: is something we reflect heresy. on in today's church is is kind of what heresy is and isn't. There's a there's a tendency in some church leadership to uh, take these as analogies for moral behavior. So, for example, um, there's a rather famous one I rather not mention who it is, but <laughs> you're saying like modern day gnosticism is when Catholics live like such and such. Hmm. But the thing is, heresies are not about moral disorder. They're about intellectual disorder, mm-hmm. right? Like we think something is true and it's not true. And so it is important to declare what is true and what is not. It is also important to live correctly, definitely. Mm-hmm. But to boil everything down to morality, I think is it's, it's insulting to people like Irenaeus. Because he was not just upset that people weren't living the right way. He was upset that people were teaching false doctrine. Right. And it's almost like you're not allowed to get upset about that anymore, mainly because a lot of people that do get upset go overboard with it and become jerks, which is not Irenaeus either, or they become cowards. So, you know, sometimes that happens too. But it's almost like we're, we have this pressure to only care about the way people live, but not the way they think. Mm. It, is, it is a certain type of oppression when we think something is true and it's not, especially about Jesus Christ and about the church. So it's important mm. for us to care about that. And to want to promote the truth because it's, Christ is the truth that sets us free.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. All right, so we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk more about that. All right, Paul and Adam and Chad, be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity Healthshare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity Healthshare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul George in studio with Deacon Adam Conk, producer some chat, or, uh, Co-contributor, what? Co-contributor, Co-co content, content director. creator and director. Okay. And contributor. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely.
1: As many Cs as you can fit in there.
0: Yeah, so we're talking about Irenaeus. Actually, uh, feast day is just coming up Sunday, um, which would be the 28th of June. Irenaeus, early doctor of the church, second century bishop and lions, um, fought the Gnostics. You know, the word Gnosticism comes from the word knowledge, which to name yourself knowledge is very egotistical (laughs) right like think about the ego of just saying you know we're we're knowledge you know we're all knowledge right and i just find so much in our world today like at the root of a lot of our issues is this ego you know which the word ego in the latin means i (laughs) like it translates th- th- to mean I, like it's, it's about me. Like I'm the center, like that's ego. Right. Um, and you know, like you were saying, Adam, in the first segment is, you know, Irenaeus wasn't just concerned about the, you know, the moral, right. The morality, people living right, but thinking right. Right. Because mm-hmm. the ability to think right helps us to live right. Mm-hmm. And the two are connected. You can't separate the two. And you know, the more that you're, you think, right. You think in you know, um, in line with with uh, the teachings of Jesus, and th- it, then it then it connects to your moral life and and your moral understanding. So 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 the two are connected, uh, and he was interested in both, right? But his his fight with the Gnostics were about the right thinking and what you see in society. I know you guys know this as well, and people who are listening is the gray areas where people get lost. You know, it's like hey. Uh, it's not right to kill someone. Everybody's like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, I, I can mm-hmm. see that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't murder someone, you know? And if someone does, it's, it's evil, right? And mm-hmm. they should be punished for it. People can see that because it's like a drastic, you know, moral wrong and the thinking's there too. But it's, it's in that like middle area. It's like, well, people are just like, well, a lot's allowed, you know, or we can do all this. And this is what Gnosticism is. It's, it's like a, it's like a, a step away and then and then you find yourself kind of lost in sort of the absence of truth
2: yeah, it's easy to fall into it uh, actually heresies and the reason why the truth sets us free is because we're not just supposed to live a certain way for the sake of living a certain way we're supposed to live a certain way for God our lives should be for God that's part of our morality as human beings We're not just good people when we do good things, we're good people when we're living for God. You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and when we we start to, sorry, I know you finished in your thought, but when we start to have, uh, our our perspective starts to change a little bit as we begin to take on the worldview of the church, right? I mean, like we start to believe as the church believes and the way we look at the world changes, but it also sort of makes, uh, I guess God moves into that and makes morality almost a little bit easier and a little bit, yeah, I don't know. It becomes easier to conform to the church and find the joy that's there, the peace that's there in living for the church. You know, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And that, that's why the foundational
2: Absolutely. disorder morally is egoism. It's the original sin. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not going to live for God or others. I'm going to live for myself. Right. And I might do good things, but I'm doing them for myself.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you would replace God with anything, it would be ego. But if you could replace ego with anything to set you free, it would be God. Like, like it's like one or the other. And I think we all know what it's like to fight the I, right? The Mm -hmm. the selfishness, the me, uh, the ego inside of us. But the more and more we allow God and His grace to intervene in our life to become a part of our thinking and uh, not only our mind but our heart, the more the ego is set aside. You know, our lives become centered around. Him, and then, thus it becomes about loving others, serving others. And we see in the world just a very egocentric society. You know it's all about me and my benefit, right? And then with the advent of social media, w- we can be so egotistical and about us and not be in front of people, so we can kind of hide behind the 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 foe of social media and just throw the de- sling arrows and just make it all about, you know, my agenda and what I want. And it's dangerous.
1: Yeah, why is, why is living for yourself so bad, you know? And I, just to play devil's advocate a little bit. But, you know, people that people that rise to the top are normally pretty egotistical. You know, they're like concerned about themselves and they're willing to, to, to sacrifice other people for the sake of getting to the positions they're in. You know, whatever it is, whether it's the top of a company or an organization or I don't know. A political position, yeah, well, and that's and, what it. And almost,
2: it seems like that's what it takes to get there. Well, literally, the inventor <gasps> of being e- egotistical is Satan. <laughs> With without him, it would have never even existed. Because God, even the persons of the Trinity, live for the other, right? Like the Father lives for the Son, the Son lives for the Father. The Holy Spirit is the shared life between them, not about him, but about the shared life between them both. So even the divine persons are completely self-gift the first person to say you know what M- me right is satan to say i'm not going to be for god i'm going to be for me and it is a temptation to follow him into that for not just humans but for angels too to say that seems like a good way to live it is a very strong
0: temptation yeah and it's a you know it's a, it is interesting you know you bring up a good point um, but it's like, you know, what's the richest baseball franchise in America? Probably the New York Yankees. Okay. That would have been my guess. Yeah, just because I, I know okay. very little about baseball. So That'll be my guess. Just think about being the owner of that team. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if I would ask most people who was the original owner of the Yankees, most people wouldn't know, right? Like, I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that person climbed to the top was super wealthy. Now, I don't know anything about him. Um, but if I had said, you know, who remembers Mother Teresa? everybody would raise their hand, even people who weren't Christian, you Mm -hmm. know, and you're talking about a woman who died with no money, you know, no power uh, and died with the poor, (laughs) you know, serving the poor, right? She made her whole life about God and other people. And oftentimes when we think about success and climbing the ladder, we think, well, I got to be a certain way and, you know, my ego is going to get me there. And those people just seem not to be remembered, You know, and those people's falls seem to be really, really hard, and Mm -hmm. um, the folks that center their life around God, God being the center, and serving and loving other people seem to just, you know, be more at peace. Yeah, you know, more happy, more, more, um, you know, grounded in truth, and you know, this is the 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 fault of heresy of egoism of gnosticism is that the whole thought process is about me it's about what i think it's about my knowledge instead of really opening ourselves up to learning and growing and being fed you know by the grace of god you know the holy spirit and realizing that without god's grace we are nothing you know are we're nothing you know without mm-hmm. god
2: and I think it's good for those who are spiritually maturing, those who are on the road, to remember that this is not like a one-and-done fight with the ego. In fact, i found in my life that God has not trusted me with certain graces or certain things until I was ready to not be about myself. Then yeah. he trusted me with those things. And if... Because as soon as we make any progress in the spiritual life, we stand back and look at ourselves and say, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, we take a little step forward, you know? Like, a little Mother Teresa step. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out and talk to a poor person, and then we're ready to stand back and look and say, wow, look how
1: great <laughs> look I am. But I did.
2: You know? And so God doesn't call us to do some things because he knows we're going to go all in on our ego if, he does, if we do it, you know what I'm saying? Right. So if we work on this and make it a daily battle and, like, actually get this under control, imagine what God might ask mm. us to do.
0: This is the danger of of the internet and social media too, is that it plays into our ego and our selfishness. It doesn't help us at all. Because even if I do go serve the poor, I'm gonna take a picture of that and I'm gonna post it. Mm. And then it's, oh, I'm gonna share with everyone how good I am, right? Mm -hmm. And like whatever happened to to doing those small things in great love without being seen, without Mm. people knowing, just living authentically in the small little ways of getting rid of our ego, without saying, "Well, you know what? Uh, you know, I was there. I'll take a picture and show you, you know, and and then post it, and then everybody can know how good we are." And then all of a sudden, our, now our ego's growing; it's getting in the way of a good intention, mm-hmm. you know. And it's really hard, particularly for young people, to to put those things aside and learn how to. Uh, live life, not centered, you know, with good intention to to serve and love others with without bringing themselves back into it because the internet's right there, you know. Yeah, but. I've been thinking a lot
1: about that too because it's, I mean, it's vanity at its most pronounced. Like you see it so easily that like you're living your life for the opinions of others, and particularly the opinion of you being, I don't know, fitting all the fitting the bill, right? Yeah. I mean, there's like these. I, if you spend any time on Twitter, you notice that there's people like police Twitter, in essence, where they're like, you did wrong, you did wrong, let's cancel you, let's cancel you, whatever. Not to get too much into that idea. But, um, yeah, so it just trains us to be constantly concerned about what everybody else thinks about how we appear. Even if it doesn't it has nothing to do with who we are, but how we appear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, I, as I think about Gnosticism and what it looks like today, what Gnostics look like today, it looks a lot like, like the my truth people that want to, like I have my own personal truth and I'm going to live according to my own personal truth or like I'm spiritual, not religious. So like I I have my own spirituality, but I don't belong to a community of people that are chasing the same thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Gnosticism in a lot of ways is modern day relativism. Yeah, you know, definitely. Like develop my own way of thinking, my own truth, like you're saying, and this is my way. And then by the way, if like, if you're going to, If you're going to try to interject what truth is, I'm just going to shut you out because I don't want to discuss it, right? Right. And that's the world we live in. Like we can't even have conversations a lot of times with people. And you see it
2: on social media. Like it's just shut down. Yeah, I think Gnosticism today that if you ever heard this out of your mouth or someone else's, the phrase really Catholic, Mm. that comes from a Gnostic idea. Mm. Like what does that mean? That means they're doing the things that make someone really Catholic where everyone mm. else is not actually Catholic. That's like I'm
0: more Catholic than you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that starting
2: as I keep thinking about
1: this right now, I'm thinking about like the telltale signs of when your ego is starting to take over. And I think that it's really just separate. You're trying to separate yourself from other people to some extent. Hmm. And not on purpose maybe. Not, that's not what your intentions are. But yeah, I mean social media you're posting so that you can be seen above everybody else you know and then you which have which is your, the point right and you have your own truth so you're trying to be separate from everybody else this person's really catholic so they're different than everybody else mm-hmm. for some reason or i'm really catholic so i'm different than somebody else for whatever reason which is i mean the idea of the gnostics was like i know god only through myself right i mean like i have my own spirituality and that's the only way i can know god does it make i don't know if that makes sense but like you start to isolate yourself to be seen above everybody else
2: So Satan gets followers through manipulation and then domination. Hmm. And kind of in that order, manipulates Eve, then dominates Eve. Manipulates us, if we go to hell, he's going to dominate us forever, right? But like Hmm. manipulation and domination, Jesus gets followers through free invitation. Mm -hmm. And when we're egotistical, we get followers through manipulation and domination. When we're living for God, we get followers through a free choice, of people being in our life or not. Mm. And we're okay with them being in our life or not, or liking us or not, or whatever. Like, It's your choice if you're gonna be my friend. Like, It's fine. If I'm egotistical, I'm upset if you don't like me for some reason. Mm. Because it's one of the way I, like, I live for myself. I live to get followers, you know? And on Facebook, how do you get followers? Yeah. On Instagram, how do you get followers? Mm. You either manipulate To say something that is true that isn't true, and so now you manipulate people, or you dominate them. I'm going to shut them up with my argument or my. Mm. I'm just going to be so loud that no one else can speak. Mm.
1: Right? Yeah, and it does serve (laughs) to keep you in power too, especially if you're loud and and with the majority or whatever, you know.
2: Yeah, and so look, if we're going to be Christ in the world, I think we need to be above. All of that, and if we're going to be not living for ourselves, I mean, God has a plan. He's calling people to Himself to follow Him, and we can be part of that plan by a free choice of ours. You know,
0: yeah. So here's a a good question: Like, even like if if you enter into the social media universe or just your neighborhood, you know, with Jesus, do you lead with uh, I seek to be right, or I seek to love the person first? You know, do I seek to be you know more right than the person? Or do I seek to love the person before, you know, I'm right? And I and I think, you know, when we enter in at least to the, you know, what I see in the social media universe is like, I'm just out there, I'm seeking to be right, you know, <laughs> which ego can get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. But if if you seek to say, I'm seeking to love the people there, that's a whole different posture. Right. And I go back to Mother Teresa. I was intrigued with her life because Her first lead-in wasn't ever to even convert the dying people on the street who weren't even Catholic for the most part, right? They're mostly like Hindu. Mostly Hindu, uh, not even the same faith background, you know, ethnicity as her. So she didn't lead with wanting to be right and then she would love. She, She led with, let me just love and then let God do the rest of the work. That, to me, is what the world's missing. And so for even for people who claim to be Christian or practicing Catholics, which I know we, we do here, is, you know, leading with that first, with, with let me just seek to love that person first, and then let the other things follow. You know, let God take care of the rest, and God can use me. But what we're seeing is that the opposite taking place, even within the religious world. Mm.
2: Especially. Because, I mean, it's, it's very easy to attach ourselves to a cause other than the gospel and then start pushing it as if we're accomplishing the gospel because we're promoting a cause. And that's another form of egoism. It's another form of Gnosticism, the sense of like this many cause within the cause of the gospel is now the true gospel. Mm. Like mm. Not, not the gospel, but this part of it that I particularly align with is like the gospel. Um, and so that needs to be promoted by me. Whereas in reality, God can take care of himself and his word is enough. Like it's sufficient. And, um, you know, mother Teresa was not anxious about solving every problem in the world. She was about anxious about solving the problem. God was calling her to solve that people were dying on the street without being loved. Mm. And she led with love. Like that is the problem I'm being called to solve. That's I'm being called to live for this person, not for myself and what I think is important, but for what God thinks is important.
0: Yeah. And it, You know, I think there's a we have to distinguish love. So, you know, there there are layers of love. You know, this like an onion, yeah, like an onion. But this (laughs) this Christ-like, yeah, like a mixed cry. This (laughs) Christ-like agape love is transformational. You know, so she wasn't leading with this love of like, oh, it's you know, let's you know, let's just sing songs and you know, like kumbaya. Mm. Like it, it was such an intense love. So intense that people saw God in her, saw Christ in her because her love was so intense. And the only way your love can grow to be intense is to love in ways that you can't love on your own. Like the ego's gone and what's left is God.
1: Yeah, I mean, her part of the reason her love was so radical was like to know Hindu and the Hindu religion and the Indian culture at the time. Was like I mean, it was very much a class system. Like they felt these people deserved to die in the streets because they were in the low class, in the lowest of the classes, and this is the way they were supposed to be treated, you know. So for her to go completely against the culture, entirely, like unafraid of truth and unafraid, like the truth was that she, the they ought to be loved, even though the entire culture was saying they ought not to be.
0: They're not worthy. Right. Have no dignity.
1: Like didn't fear loving them, but also didn't fear truth at all. Hmm. Like doing doing the right thing. Despite everybody else around the, around her saying this was not, and yep. I mean, in leaving her religious order when she felt, I mean, immensely called, which I mean, yeah, I don't know, it's
2: super tough. Yeah, well, absolutely. that's that's what it's hard for people with egos to face. Is that the reason we have large egos is that we're cowards? Mm, like, that's yeah. the bottom line. Yeah, Gosh, too that's afraid. a hard thing to swallow. It's well, we're hard. too afraid to live for God. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reality. We're too afraid to live for God and others. We, we think if
0: we don't live for ourselves, something bad will happen. We're too afraid to let that go. If we don't take care of ourselves, take care of me. You know, it's interesting with the gospel this Sunday. So I have a feeling that they, they paired St. Irenaeus with the gospel, like a good wine and cheese, like I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to pair wine. Do you or pair no beer? Clue.
1: I know how to pair wine with foods, not cheese.
0: Okay, so same same thing. <laughs> yeah, pair like wine I'm with not gonna cheese, a white food. wine
1: with a steak. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So well, that's very basic pairing, but some people it are like r- really science, really good at yeah. pairing and a science. And I guess you could pair beer with certain foods and things right. like that. And you go into restaurants and they're like, well, we have a wine for this food, and, you know this andre, yada yada. I have a feeling that they paired very well um, the Feast of St. Irenaeus for the Sunday, with the Sunday's gospel. Do you guys think they, mm. they do that? Sure. In, I mean, all the time. Sure. Okay, so, so here, God, <laughs> God is, at least did it. Here's some of, yeah. of the gospel for this Sunday. It says this. It says, uh, um, And whoever does not take of his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, Yet whoever mm-hmm. loses his life for my sake will find it. Hello? Uh, um, and then he says, whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Um, like, and it keeps going on, right? Um, so, so this whole idea of um, taking up our cross, like getting rid of our, ourselves and allowing God to be the center, is exactly the Gnosticism that Irenaeus was fighting against. This ego, this this I, this knowledge, this, you know, I have it. And the gospel's saying, no, you don't have it. If you have it, you're going to lose it. But if you lose it, you're going to have it.
2: Mm. And what's so interesting to me is this, is this is Jesus. Like Jesus is the one who doesn't live for himself, even as a divine person. That's what blows my mind. Like if anybody could be egotistical, it would be God, right? Like, if anyone could be all that in a bag of chips or be on Instagram with all the likes. Like, if anybody could do this, God can do this, yet utterly self-gift, utterly for the other as a mm-hmm. divine person, not even just in his human nature. Like, that's who he is in a divine way. And then that divinity is incarnate um, in a human heart, get in love and be saved through. I mean, it's, it's just beautiful to me, and it's it's challenging because I am not like that a lot. Like, I... As soon as I do something good, I expect applause, and I'm like, wow, that's great, you know? You should be grateful for me. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, So I will never do the things Jesus did. I'll never die on a cross for the salvation of the world. I'll never raise a dead man. I'll never do any of those awesome things, but somehow I act, my my little accomplishments are, like, worthy of all praise, you know? <laughs> it's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I love this, you know, so you're going to say, and you're listening to the show, I think, you know, this gospel is going to, like, it's going to ring in your ears because you're going to hear it today on the show. And then it's going to make sense because you're going to think of it through the lenses, not only Jesus, but the Gnosticism that Irenaeus was fighting. And if you go to Mass, they're probably not going to mention Irenaeus' feast day because you're you know, you're, you're not, you know at Mass unless someone specifically is preaching on that. But whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I mean, the mystery of Mm -hmm. that, like when you lose yourself in God, in Jesus, you actually find yourself. And uh, this is the opposite of what the world tells us, the culture tells us, is that we should be at the center, the I is me, and yet Jesus is saying the exact opposite, not a combination of those, the exact opposite of that. And what I've found, I've found the most peace in my life is when I am not thinking of myself. And when I find the most stress and tension and worry in my life is when I'm thinking about myself, hands down. Mm. You know, if you would trace any anxiety I ever have in a day or worry or depression, it's like, man, I thought a lot about myself today <laughs> and my situation, right? Mm. So, all right, we're going to take a break uh, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Paul George in studio, with Deacon Adam Conk talking art of living, co producer, co packer. Um, co-content provider (laughs) Chad (laughs) Bayrow have you ever heard of a co-packer? no, I don't so a co-packer is like someone who co-packs your items so if like you if you like have you know, cookies and you want to produce those and get them out on volume you would hire out a co-packer okay to make and pack those cookies and ship them for you instead of buying your own like huge industrial warehouse type thing. Okay. You would outsource the co-packing. Thanks for the explanation. Interesting. Yeah, I'm glad you explained it Yeah. I was confused. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I watch a lot of business shows. It's kind gotcha. of Yeah, it's kind gotcha. of my, my weird Okay. My weird fascination.
1: That's fine. Mine's home re- home renovation.
0: Home renovation.
1: Yeah, dude, I just I don't watch it ever, but if I if I get started on it, to like Chip and Joanna.
0: You're all in. Oh yeah, I don't know why. It's yeah. just I just love it. I'm like Jack it's and Diane. It's a beautiful thing.
2: <laughs> Jack and Diane.
0: That's an old I mean, song. Do you it remember is, that song?
1: Yeah, I do know that song. Uh,
2: Jack and Diane.
1: Yeah, that one. I think they made a, a remake of it recently, and it's like a rap song. Or yeah, I can't
0: do that. No, I'm I got to go with the '80s hit.
1: No, it's just wonderful. What is it? John Cougar Mellencamp. That's yeah. who sang it.
0: Yeah, it's good that you know that as a young, young. A young Buck, Young co, co Young copacker. My
1: parents, that's my parents, kind of music. I think they call it Dad Rock now, but uh, it was soft rock dad back rock? in the day. Yeah, <laughs> I've been hearing call it called Dad so Rock. I, I think Dad jokes. I am high, sure. I am dad highly rock. offended sure.
0: right now. <laughs> You're oh a dad. no, you triggered Paul. Uh, Look out! I am into Dad Rock apparently.
1: Yeah, you are. You're a Dad. Oh, totally. That's, I mean, I've only heard it called that once. I thought it was perfect. Like this fits, <laughs> this fits.
0: <laughs> I mean, I like it. I think it's it's good music. Yeah, that that is hysterical. So anyway, we've talked a lot of things today: Irenaeus, <laughs> Gnosticism, heresy, um, love, rock. truth, co-packing, uh, and the gospel. <laughs> you know, uh, Jesus goes on to say, "Whoever receives uh, you, you receives me, and whoever receives me." Uh, receives the one who sent me, whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous reward, and whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. Such a mystery, this gospel, but at the center of it's like, make your life about losing it. In Christ. Yeah, and the why is important. Cause he
2: kept saying the why. You gotta do a good thing, but because of this, because of me, mm-hmm. because of the gospel, because of the kingdom. You give a cup of cold water to someone because they're a disciple. So in other words, like the why we do things is important. And if we do it for us, for ourselves, and for any other purpose than God, it loses the reward. It loses its its good
0: quality. Yeah, and if you're getting lost right now and you're lost in the confusion with you know everything that's just the media and the world and the stress and the economy and the pandemic and uh the social media uh is you know m- my thing is just center your life back on Jesus like center your life back on Jesus and let him put everything in perspective because I was talking to someone this morning and they were just like it is just horrible out there i don't know what to do i was like at the end of the day, just go back to Jesus. Like, just center back on Jesus. Like, don't worry about things that you can't control. It's a lot. And I think a lot of times we want to fight so many things, and yet it, it's like, well, we're going to get outside of what Jesus is asking us to do and be about.
2: Yeah, earlier this week we heard Sermon on the Mount enter through the narrow gate, and I think that's just such a beautiful idea is that His will for us is narrow. It's not wide and broad. It's not a thousand different things we have to worry about. Mm. The disciple worries about one thing, like Martha sitting at the foot of Jesus and paying attention to him and tending to his call for us, you know? Like if if Jesus says, Martha, would you, would you get me some water? Well, then she <laughs> should get up and get some dang water for the Lord, right? <laughs> get up. You know, but he didn't say that. He said, stay at my feet. So that's what she did. Hmm. And mm-hmm. so for us, like, Jesus is going to ask us to do very few things, and that's the narrow gate. Just do the things he's asking you to do. Amen to that. And you know there's what's... a ton of things he's not asking us to do. Man, you know how much more
1: peaceful I'd have been all coronavirus epidemic, pep, pep, pandemic? Mm-hmm. If I have just, like, listened to some of the orders and guidelines, and that was all I watched for media at all. <laughs> you know, like, I was just like, okay, there's a pandemic. I probably should wash my hands some more and do some social distancing and, you know, wear my mask or whatever. Like, like, I'd be so much more at peace if I didn't, like, follow along with everything else going on. Right. Like, oh, well, I There's, just got to watch out.
0: Yeah. And it's true. And you can get lost in the fray, and it can, like, really affect you. And, and you know, it has me, and we've talked about those things and just centering back on Jesus. All right. So speaking anyway. of, we're going to six-pack of what? Co-packing? There's... Question. <laughs> uh. Question number one. Okay.
2: Uh, so we talked about egoism. Paul, and this is often my first question, but it's, it's the most helpful to me. So what are some, like, red flags we can see in ourselves, either in speech or behavior, to say we've got an ego problem? In other words, like, this is affecting
0: the way I live my life. You know what the funny thing is is that most people who have an ego problem wouldn't admit it because mm-hmm. their ego wouldn't allow them. You know, connected to ego is pride. Like, I don't have an ego problem. You know, like nothing about me. So, <laughs> and then the other problem with that is like, I would say is like, with well, an ask someone else who you trust, if you have an ego problem, but the person with an ego problem won't ask anybody else, you know? So it, it's, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it actually really is hard. It's a tough cycle. I, I think it, it Gosh. really becomes, I think people who have an ego problem know what it's like to hit rock bottom because they understand that their ego has just, just cause them to hit a wall. And then they just kind of bounce back up and, you know, keep doing it. So w- when you do hit that wall, just realize, like, there's another way. You know, then there's a better way. That's what Jesus came. He just didn't come to provide an alternative. Okay, let's just get this clear. Jesus doesn't provide an alternative route. Uh, and d- Jesus doesn't say it's this way or this way. Jesus actually provides a new way of living, a totally new mm. way right? He doesn't say, well, you know, you guys are right and you guys are wrong, so everybody go this way. No, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm providing a whole new way. So if you're living in a way that's not bringing you peace and purpose and joy and and vision and forgiveness and mercy, there's another way, and that way is completely provided through Jesus. He provides a new way of living, and when we begin to step into his way of living— that's when we find that we gain traction in our life. Now, that way of living isn't always easy. It, prov- it provides us ample opportunity to get rid of our ego, to go through trials and tribulations and the grinding and the suffering. And- but through that, through that following of Christ is where we become purified, right? In the fire. So that's what I would
2: mm.
1: Question number two, uh, toss-up, pretty simple. So, has there ever, ever been a time? We were talking about um, what the gospel for Sunday and saying that, like, whoever uh, finds his life will lose it, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Has there ever been a time that you've had to, I don't know, have you ever regretted like losing your life in some way? You know what I mean? Like, like dying to yourself or, or having to let things go? Or does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I, honestly, yes. And I, f- I have found like in my experience, there have been times where, um, I felt like I came out on the short end of the stick, you know, maybe I, I gave away an idea or something or served and like somebody seemed to come out better on the, on the other end than me. And then you become bitter, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and then that doesn't do anything for you. And at the end of the day, like you think about like, well, what was, what's the most important thing is like just serving Jesus. And at the end of my life, like you're not going to take anything with you. An invention an idea, uh, money. So at the end of the day, it's like, what are we doing? You know? And certainly we need certain practical things to provide things like that. But at the end of the day, like, yes, I have felt like at times, like, because my ego's gotten in way. It's like mm-hmm. I should have gotten credit for that or whatever the case may be. And I don't know, like, I do want to be more like mother Teresa, like to care less about what people think, or even if they know me and, you know, and whatever, you know, so, but that's hard. Like that's just getting, and yeah, rid- I, I think it's, it, you kind of have to go through it to experience the suffering of it so that you know that, you know, it's not worth it, you know, to to want to hang on or grab hold of something so hard, you mm-hmm. know, and then and then find out that it's not worth it anyway, you know, so. Do you still
1: regret it today or does, does it, have you like, S- stopped <laughs> regretting it. I don't know if that makes sense. Like you...
0: Yeah, I think regret is... Or have appreciated the decision or, you know, whatever. Yeah, regret's a powerful tool of the enemy to to pull you back into the past. And I just think, you know, at the end of the day, like you got, you got to move on. Whether it was a good decision, bad decision, right or wrong, mm-hmm. like Jesus wants to pull you forward. And so like just dealing with whatever regret or mistakes or, you know, ways that maybe you've been, even been wronged in your life. And just moving on from that, I think is super important because if not, it's just going to hold you back, you know, yeah. sort of a freedom there. Yeah. Moving on. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've, I think I've worked hard and continued to let go of things that I feel like, you know, were unjust or mm-hmm. I was left out or, you know, I could have done better in or whatever the case mm. may be. Now I find myself here, you know, and, and I, we, we have to believe in a God that Provides the narrow gate for us to walk through, but it's not behind us; it's in front of us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, we got to move forward. So,
2: yeah, you don't fall into the gate. You don't. You fall. walk through it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> to right. so number three. Uh, so, tell me about this relationship between egoism and marriage. As you've worked with couples and and prepared help prepare pe- people for marriage, um, how prevalent of an issue is this, and how much does it affect marriages? <laughs> I remember uh, one
0: of uh the mentor of mine when i was discerning marriage when i was young and he said one line i'll never forget it and i hated it i hated him for it and he said um you know when you're discerning your vocation discern the vocations that's going to call you to holiness the most and so you know i sat back and i thought well i, th- I think that's marriage but i don't know why and then i got married And then I realized why, right? (laughs) Because like the art of a vocation is to get rid of the ego. If you're actually living your vocation right, religious vocation, marriage vocation, it is the absence of you and it is about the other. It's about God and it's about the other. Like that's what vocation is. Make it about us and our fulfillment. Um, It's like that's when things explode because it's like you're not meeting my needs and you know, what about me? And you know, that's when, you know things explode you know but the reality is when you love the other they love you back so then your needs are met right it's Mm. so it becomes this opposite is true you know and i find particularly early on in marriage for young couples there is that battle there that they thought it was going to be a certain way and it's not and it's this fight of ego and this fight of my needs and what i want out of this and as they begin to grind that out, if they can make it through it on the back end of that is a a lot of joy in the marriage, but the joy comes from serving the other, not from any other way, you know? Mm. And I, you know, even now after 23 years of marriage, anytime there's tension in the marriage, it's always because one of us are looking out for ourselves. It just is Mm. right. You know, and, and we all have a selfish tendency at times we're human, but to be able to, To go back to God and repent and to refocus and reorient, man, I don't know what I would do in marriage without the ability to do that. You know, God, I am so sorry. I got in the way here and I totally ruined this. And to be able to go back to my spouse and apologize, I got in the way. It was all about me and I'm sorry. Man, there's a lot of freedom in that, you know? But ego would say, it's all you. You're the problem. You're the issue. You need to change. And man, that doesn't go, <laughs> it just doesn't fly in this vocation. Go anywhere. Yeah. You know, and that could be a religious vocation too. Yeah. You know, and any holy priest or uh, sister, religious, non UC, like their vocation is about the other, you know, and that fight to make it that. Mm. It's beautiful.
1: It is. So, yeah. It is. Question four. So it's related to marriage, but I'm going to do a little roundabout before I get there, if you don't mind. Sure. So I was thinking about. How like how can one man like Saint Irenaeus go ahead and like shut down a whole movement? Because that movement was you know probably a few hundred years old by the time he came around, and yeah like because I, I think about it in marriage I'm like man you know what if what if my I'm noticing that my spouse is being like has is really being I don't know selfish I guess is probably the best way to put it. Do I just like c- continue to live for my spouse in hopes and just like try to be selfless in hopes that my spouse will come around. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, because I feel like St. Arius wouldn't have been that way. You know, like he would have reached out like, Hey, you guys are being selfish. Right. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like not just like trying to be holy right. by himself.
0: Does that make sense? Does yeah. the question make sense? No. And I think it connects back to some of the things that we were saying is I would say first just lead with love, like the sacrificial love of the other has will pierce through that person much more than condemnation mm-hmm. or name calling right mm-hmm. um so leading with love like serving the other and like pushing through uh maybe the walls that the other person has up you know would be the first thing to do and then i think it, that is what ends up opening the door for conversation of saying like i feel like lately like you've you know really been not thinking about me or you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So then the conversation begins to happen and, and the dialogue, I got to believe like Irenaeus was a saint because he had, he obviously had to have great love in the way that he taught mm-hmm. and the way that he, you know, argued against Gnosticism because with the absence of love, I don't think he would have gotten far, you know? Um It couldn't have just been about, you know, truth either. Mm-hmm. It would have had to be Led with love. I'm sure
1: many as smart as him would have been around before him and trying to do the same thing, you know.
0: Right. Yes, exactly. And I think in marriage, it's leading with love that is what opens the door for dialogue, particularly in tough times when when the other person's digging in or when I'm digging in or whatever the case may be, you know. Mm-hmm. So love it.
2: All right. Question number five. Um, what are some experiences we can put into our life? To kind of work on this in some serious ways, like books we might need to read, exper- retreat experiences, I don't know, small groups. Like, what what's kind of helpful to to pull us out of egoism um, and out of living for ourselves? What are, what are some structures we could put into our life to help with that?
0: I, I do. You mentioned retreat. I think sometimes when I need a total, like, reset, you know, retreat is really good for me. And it's discerning what type of retreat, you know. It would be a good reset for me to reset my life and focus on the things that are most important, particularly God, obviously at the center and and that relationship driving, you know, everything that I do is important. But I also think like accountability, like I need guys in my life to say, dude, you've been really selfish lately. Like when you're talking about your marriage right now, it sounds like you're actually wrong, not her. Like I, I need that in my life. Like, you seem really down lately. How's your prayer life? Well, not good. Well, that's a reason. You need to get back on track. I need that in my life. You guys need it. We all need it. And, you know, it's different on how it works for all of us. You know, what, what worked for me with accountability and you guys are, and people listening. But, man, if we don't have people calling us out to truth and living the way God wants us, then, man, if I'm relying on myself, I'm done. Right. So those are two big things for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and obviously the normal rhythm of the church life of the sacraments and, you know, mass and confession and prayer, obviously without prayer, like I I would, man, I would, I would have, I fly off the road, man. Like I'm like hard right turn without prayer. I don't know about (laughs) you guys, like hard right turn through the ditch in the woods, (laughs) you know, calling the wrecker. I
1: feel that way about confession, especially. Come pull me out. Without regular confession, I feel like I'm all over the place.
2: You know? Yeah. Wide is the road. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, especially since ordination, to be honest with you, one of the the principal graces, personally, of ordination was, for some reason, waking up early became easy, where, Mm -hmm. like, for years, it was not. Mm -mm. And I know it's a grace, because I did nothing about me changed other than that (laughs) Um, but like it became easy to wake up that's awesome what the heck like ever since it's been a month of waking up early easy and my prayer life is a gift yeah and i mean it 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 shows how much necessity there is for what god is asking me to do in my ministry that i actually pray well every day um Mm. and so yeah night and day difference and uh E- especially ego-wise because it's weird because having the the prayer life I've had I've never been more aware of my own shortcomings and imperfections because there's like so many but like I'm aware of it a lot more so in you, in a way it it can seem like I'm more egotistical and that I'm focusing on myself but it's made me rely more on him because I know if he's asking me to do these things when I have all these imperfection and faults like he's gonna have to do it so it, it's a weird experience that's awesome there's something
1: I'm sorry are you gonna say something Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. There's something <laughs> to that, uh to the, like, taking on, I mean, the diaconate has its own graces, right? But there's something to taking on those, those like, roles of leadership, whether it's in your family or in society, that, like, make you really hold yourself accountable. I remember when I decided to lead my first Bible study, and I, had, I was, up until that point, I was partying a lot. I mean, a lot, my, my freshman year of college, and going out to bars and drinking and smoking and the whole thing. Uh... And I remember taking on my Bible study and going to a bar for the first time after that, after taking my Bible study on. I'm like, oh man, what if one of the guys show up here? I was like, they can't see me doing that. That'd be like a terrible example for who I'm supposed to be. And that was like one of my main motivations for for like starting to you know, maybe that's not the best motivation to have, but it yeah. was but it's what I needed. Yeah. Personally. No,
0: it it causes self-reflection. Yeah. And you know, you know when you were saying like your prayer life has caused you to really self reflect. That's not ego of like thinking of ourselves. Prayer actually, you know, causes us and asks us to self reflect and say, in "What ways have I failed? What ways have I sinned? What ways do I need to grow? What ways do I need God's grace?" Right? If we don't self reflect, then we can't we can't open ourselves up to the realities of where we need mm-hmm. you know God to move and work in our life. So it's not ego. It's actually asking the opposite. How do I get rid of my ego? Mm. You know, and I think that's important in prayer is asking how do I get rid of me? All right, so I think we did five questions, but we're going to have to end the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so five pack? So five co-packers of questions. So anyway, the other one's for God, not for us. We'll, right. right. We'll, we'll ask the sixth question on the Facebook feed. So anyway, thank you guys for listening to the show and uh, being a part of us on the radio show. Thanks for supporting the show discovertheartofliving.com and we'll be back next week God bless